Welcome to the Sports Leadership Podcast, where leaders in sport get practical, relevant insight to help them take their leadership to the next level and become leaders worth following. Now for your hosts, Kevin DeShazo and Mark Hodgkin. All right, welcome, friends, to episode 34 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. I'm Kevin DeShazo, along with Mark Hodgkin, coming to you uh, in the midst of, obviously, some interesting times with the coronavirus and COVID-19. And so we just want to have a conversation about what that looks like, about what's, what's really going on, what does leadership look like in these times, how do you find a new normal in these times. Uh, but Mark, how are, how are things going your way? Yeah, you know, dealing with this uh, the same way a lot of people are. Uh, we're pretty hunkered down in our house. Um, luckily, uh, at this point, Orlando's not one of the real hot spots, but uh, with the amount of tourists we have and, and just kind of the way things are going, we're, we're being safe and staying in. And then obviously at work, you know, this is uh, impacting everybody in sports. The company I work for now, Ticket Socket, we do a lot of uh, other events and everything's really pretty much a standstill. So we have some good stuff to, to work on kind of behind the scenes and get ready uh, for whenever, whenever things do go back to quote unquote normal. But um, you know, right now, uh, a lot of time in the house and, you know, this is really, we were talking about it before we came on, there's really no playbook for this, this kind of experience. So you know, looking forward to this kind of conversation and talking through a few things and hopefully bringing some, some value to everybody who's, you know, at home right now. Absolutely. So with that, we will jump into episode 34. I uh, hope that you guys find, find it useful and helpful uh, during this season. All right. So, uh, Kevin, I know you've been out, um, you know, continuing to work and, and uh, been in touch with a lot of people out in the, in the space. How do, you, how do you see leaders dealing with something that, you know, we've really never seen before? How, what's, the, what's the mood? What's the vibe? Um, how are people dealing with it? Yeah, it's just interesting, right? This is this is new. Um, none of us have ever really experienced anything like this or led through anything like this. So that's kind of been my message to leaders: is like you don't have to have all the answers. This is new for everyone, um, so don't put that burden on yourself. But you know, as I have conversations with with leaders, especially in, in the athletic space, a lot of sadness, um, a lot of heartbreak. You know, these the NCAA and college sports leadership gets such a bad rap for being greedy and selfish and whatever. Uh, but ultimately, these are people who care deeply about the work that they do, about the people that they're serving. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't be in these positions. And they've made some really, really difficult decisions that they feel like are the best decisions. Uh, but those deci- decisions are causing pain to people, right? Student athletes have had seasons and careers and coaches have had season and you, you prepared for all these, these games, these, these competitions, and now they're gone. And for, no real, for nothing of their own doing, uh, they're just canceled and it's gone. So for ADs to deliver that news, I mean, it's emotional. I mean, there, there are re- these are really difficult conversations, and, and they weigh heavily on, on these ADs and on these leaders. Um, so that's been a real consistent theme of just the heaviness of all of it. And then they have to eventually get up and lead through the midst of this. It's not just we have these difficult conversations. Well, now we have to keep moving. What, what does leadership look like? What does communication look like? What does work look like? Uh, and so now they're trying to figure out their new normal. Um, and it's going to take some time to figure that out. Yeah, you think about the timeline. You know, we're talking here on March 16th, 17th. And, you know, you look back just in a week, you know, the, the Ivy League was kind of one of the first to take really serious actions when they said, okay, our men's and women's basketball tournaments are canceled. 
Um, you know, at, at that point, I actually changed a few messages with some folks there because I thought it was I thought it was interesting. They were skipping right over the no fans um, portion of it, and then you know the the discussion uh, in the sports world. First, the Warriors are going to play a game against the Nets with no fans, and then you know conference basketball tournaments started playing. Some of them played with fans, some of them played without fans, and the change from hey, you know, this is starting to get kind of serious. We're going to have to deal with this. To the NCAA basketball tournament is canceled the every major professional sports league is suspended and you know then shortly after that pretty much every college sports season is now over uh you know here right in the middle of march usually one of our busiest times um we talk about the college space so it's just crazy how jarring um that is you know to to people who work in that space and i agree with you um there was real genuine sadness among people um I've talked to a few i exchanged messages with people at the old conference i used to work with and they said this was nothing uh, somebody who's been in the space for 40 years was telling me that they've never experienced anything like this from, from 9-11 on, you know, there's, there's just never been kind of a comparison and something that was so many unknowns. Uh, it's a really confusing dynamics uh, to navigate when there's really no answers. And I think, you know, when we talk about sports, it's interesting the position they've taken in this whole thing. Really, I think you could make the case that it was the tipping point for the country realizing the drastic changes are going to have to happen. So that's like one of those things that when you're a leader, um, you know, the NCA, you're worried about the basketball tournament or seating or the, uh, the selection process or things like that. And then all of a sudden you're, you're making decisions that are affecting the trajectory of the entire country. Um, so it goes to, you know, why it's really important to, to be prepared as a leader and realize that when things like this, this is why you do the training, right? This is why you lift the weights in the off season. This is why you develop, um, and try to think holistically about issues regarding leadership because one of these days something like this happens it comes out of seemingly nowhere and and really has an impact farther than you can imagine that's right you know we talked in a previous episode about leading through adversity and one of the things is that you have to actually prepare for adversity and i got a question on twitter someone said well how do you truly prepare for adversity i said well you can't like nobody could fully prepare for this and that's not the point but I've had a number of messages from people in, in the athletic space. Of they could have been much more prepared for this. They're on some level, and this isn't across the board, maybe in certain departments or certain places, um, there was an ignorance that, you know, as things have happened in the past, as other viruses, we've, we've kind of gone up and down and overcome, um, or other situations that people, well, it's never going to hit us. You know, we're, we're America, we're college sports, um, kind of this arrogance of we don't need to worry about that. And so when it hit, just absolute panic in those places. There's concern, there's uncertainty everywhere um, because you, you can't fully prepare for something like this, but you can prepare to lead to adversity. And that's, that's the piece you, you nailed it. It's you, you practice as much as you can so you're ready for that moment. And again, you're not going to be fully, perfectly prepared. That's not the point. Um, but we're seeing, a, I've had a, a number of conversations with, with leaders and teams of, and our team wasn't very healthy or good before this. And now we're working remotely. It's like these leaders are wishing they had done the work uh, to develop a certain culture, to develop trust and influence and real communication with their team, because now all these things have become exaggerated. And so it's adversity is normal. Now, this is a new level of adversity. Like I said, that nobody in our generation or the generation above us has really led through something like this or experienced something like this. Um, so you couldn't have been fully prepared, but we're, we're seeing great leadership rise up in the middle of all this stuff. And I instantly really took a lot of hits for the speed that it took them to actually shut it down. It's like, well, you're, you're moving the Titanic. It's not just, 
it's not, they're not a small business of 10, you know, who can just shut down and, and at, at a whim. It's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people impacted by their decision. Number of stakeholders, a number of conversations across the entire country. So it's, it's, it's easy to criticize from the outside. Um, and there are reasons that critics aren't in the room, right? It's like, they're not, it's easy, it's easy to play, play, um, Monday morning quarterback or armchair quarterback when you, when you don't have any, there's no cost to you. But I feel like the NCAA did as best as they could. It was a perfect no, but that's not the point All this. They, they made the decisions that they had to make um, as did other universities and athletic departments. Um, again, these are really, really difficult decisions, uh, but that's part of leadership is you, you take on the burden of decisions like these. Yeah, I agree with you. The NCAA is, is obviously an easy target for a lot of things, but um, you know, even, even thinking about it now, um, I, I struggle to find too many things that I could criticize them for on this. I mean, I think they were, I, I think the timing in, in reality, they did move really fast. It didn't feel really fast because we were all plugged into social media and, and, and updates every, you know, that night. I don't think any of us will probably forget it when things were happening every five minutes from, you know, the, the Jazz Thunder game to, uh, to tr- the president's address to, uh, you know, the N- NBA shutting down immediately and all this stuff it was going so fast. And, and you're right. The, the, the second order of magnitude on these changes and these decisions is really where it gets super intricate and very difficult. You know, the fact that the NCAA basketball tournament's canceled, that in, that's the, you know, we talk about people mocking the money and how that controls things, but that's a fund, a funding arm for the NCAA that, that funds all up and down the membership of sports, not just basketball. Right. But you know, that's, that's impacting that. How is it, how are the, departments that are already strapped uh, going to do if there's a reduction in, in payout from the NCA. So, I mean, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, we need to be safe and just be, be careful, but I think people who understand the real dynamics of it know there's, there's more than that. It's not just a, a quick binary choice, you know, be safe or be reckless. It's uh, the, these things are have tentacles everywhere. It, that's the piece, right? There, there's a lot at stake. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces. And, and again, they, they're making the best decisions that, that they can. Uh, and trying to figure out the new normal. And so let's let's dive into what what that even means. What does normal look like? Because it's, you know, what was a week ago is no longer uh, and may not ever be the same, not not to be dramatic, but, you know, we've kind of had the conversation and you hear it from others that, that things may never go back to what they were. And that may not be a bad thing, right? There, there are things we can learn. There's opportunity in the midst of this adversity to really evaluate who you are, how you personally operate, how your team operates, is the way you're operating best or wise, or are you doing it just because you were doing it just because everyone else was doing it? So there's a lot of decisions that leaders can make, but how do you, in the midst of all of this, what are some things that you're doing and your team is doing to try to figure out this, this new normal? And I know remote work, we can get into that a little bit is not unusual for you. You, You've kind of operated that way to to a degree for a while, uh, but it's not normal for most people. Uh, So how are you trying to figure out this new normal in in the midst of everything that's going on? Yeah, I mean, you, you did hit on it. For for me personally, it hasn't been as big of a change because most of my team is on the West Coast that I deal with on daily Zoom calls and, and Slack uh, through most of the day. So I'm not going to the office. I'm staying in my house, but uh, the, the difference isn't super dramatic. I do think one of the things that, that strikes us, you know, and, and that I think about a lot in, in this, like you said, new normal is the communication element. There's, there's a vacuum of information. Um, you can't expect people to be focused 100%. I mean, these are distracting times. It, it, it reminds me a lot of 
the the times around the 9-11 attacks. Um, and I wasn't in a professional standpoint at that point. I was in high school, but I know a lot of the maybe younger people listening don't even remember that, that um, which, is, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, and, and I guess you said, you know, it might never be the same. We said the same thing then. And, you know, in a lot of ways, things came back close to normal. But um, I think the other side of this in addition to understanding, okay, this isn't going to be the same way that I deal with my team. I'm going to have to be more communicative. Um, I'm going to have to be honest about the challenges of, of working from home. Um, I'm going to be honest about um, the things that we can get done and the things that we need to get done. Um, obviously, reassessing those in, in the guise of what you're working on professionally is, is super important at the moment. So, I mean, what have you been counseling the folks you talk to, Kevin, on how they can uh, navigate this crisis? Yeah, I think a lot of it, the, the key thing, two key things, I think, if you are um, either the leader or just on a team, either way, um, number one is to take care of yourself. Like it's, it's new, it's different. And that change, uh, change in general just drains us of energy, right? Like um, trying to figure out a new pattern, new way of living, new way of working for everyone causes, causes stress, causes exhaustion. That's okay. But you have to take care of yourself in the midst of it. And so one of the things we're telling people is, when you wake up, and this is, I, I would tell people this regardless of the situation. When you wake up, don't turn on the news, don't check social media. Like, because instantly you're barraged with what feels like um, overwhelming amounts of negative information. And it just, you start your day with stress and anxiety. That's just not healthy because then you're going to multiply that to everyone around you. So, how you start your day, I think, is really, really critical because you, especially if you're the leader, it's going to take an extra um, amount of energy to lead during these times. It, it just is. And, and your best may look different than it did a week ago. That's okay, but we still need you at your best. If you're, if you're communicating and leading with panic and with fear and exhaustion, um, you can't expect your team to just be like um, calm and focused and, and working well together. So you, you have to, leaders always set the tone. So things we talk about in leadership are still true. Um, and so the leader has to really lead themselves well first so that they can lead those in their care. The second thing is over-communicate leaders are meeting there's there's a lot more meetings happening than than typically happen because information is constantly changing and so they're trying to figure out what to do how to do it how to operate and they're thinking about it and dealing with it but a lot of teams and people underneath them don't know that and they're trying to figure out what do we do what's our direction and so they're they're waiting and so for leaders to over communicate you're going to have to communicate more during these times that doesn't mean you're going to have answers but, but the team needs to know that you're meeting, that you're working on solutions, that you understand the situation, you understand their needs. Because if you don't communicate, that's just going to be filled with, typically with negativity, which is still true, but now with fear. Because people are wondering, am I essential personnel? Like if we're shutting down only essential, am I essential? What does that mean? Do I work from home? Does that mean I take my computer home? Am I done for the next? You know, people just don't know. And so they start to kind of fear and panic. Uh, and so leaders have to really, really be intentional with how they communicate. So there, there's a lot that we're trying to work with teams on uh, but those are two of the biggest is you have to take care of yourself uh, and you have to be really intentional with your communication. Yeah. I love that. Um, and you're right. It's not, it's not like we're talking about anything different than we normally would in some ways. It's just a different circumstance and it's amplified. It's magnified because you, know, you do have to take care of, of yourself first. Um, you know, make sure you're bringing a healthy, healthy voice, right? Uncertainty is the biggest cause of stress. It's not good news, bad news, medium news. It's, it's uncertainty. It's what's going to happen is, you know, we're going to be in business. Are we going to, the season over is, yeah, are we getting down, downsized the uncertainty? And there's going to be a, a certain level of uncertainty regardless. Um, 
which I think, again, one of the big things I try to always think about is what are the things I actually have control over, especially in a situation like this? What do, what do I have influence over and what do I have control over? And try to draw a line around those and say, this is where I'm going to put my, put my head. None of us, I mean, not to, not to sound political about it, but does the, does the president have control of this situation? Um, does, the, does anybody? This is an out of control maybe the wrong word, but this is not something that can be influenced and controlled by one person. This is a, this is a, a massively changing complex. There's, there's very little that we can do, that you can do, that I can do to affect the trajectory of a, of a global pandemic. So even more important to kind of try to block out that noise if you can. Um, and I was terrible about this. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about it as far as the damage, I think sometimes social media can do as far as, uh, you know, obsessing over news. And, and I've, my phone was never down for that first 24 or 48 hours. And, you know, that, that wasn't good. There's just no good, no good way to say that. That doesn't make me feel good. That didn't make me more in control. That didn't change anything. It just made me stressed by all the things that are put out there. Um, there's obviously misinformation that goes around. Uh, my wife got something like that sent to her work, uh, her work account that was sent by somebody who shouldn't have sent this, you know, with one of the fake Stanford University recommendations for this and symptoms and you know, there's so much information, misinformation out there. Um, and, and by the way, again, it's a it's an election year, so you know, there's an undeniable level of politicalization of this of this crisis. So you know, it's just kind of a a recipe to to try to tune out some of the stuff as much as you can, especially if you're in the position now where hey, you're hunkered down, you're working from home for the immediate future. You know, the hour by hour updates aren't going to change the way your your life is. So you know, try to tune that out. Try to Try to bring, you know, focus to your health, uh, mental and physical. Try to get some exercise. I know the gyms are closed, but a lot of good stuff you can do in the house. Um, walks are usually still fine. Uh, you know, same for running or, or whatever. Um, but I think you hit it on the head. You got to gotta kind of um, put your safety belt on before you can help anybody else. Well, and, and you, you hit it where it's, we don't know what a month looks like or six months. We don't know what tomorrow looks like. And that's always been true. The situation has actually changed none of that. But all this information, uh, it just, it, it's, it can feel overwhelming. And I had someone say, we have, I need to be informed. You'll be informed. You're not going to be in the dark. Um, I saw someone say, check the news in the morning and check the news in the evening, but go about your day in the midst of it. And you'll know everything you need to know. These, these constant updates, I often wonder, you know, the impact, the role that social media has actually had maybe in a negative, in the, in the 24-7 news media, if this were 12 years ago, Right, pre-Twitter, pre-Facebook being what Facebook is, you know, cable news was around, but probably not to the degree that it is now. What would we have done? You know, and, and I'm not saying what we, we we would have just probably gone to work and 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 gotten sick and dealt with life. I'm not saying that's right, uh, but we would have operated with a whole lot less sense of fear. And so I think for leaders, it's it's they say control what you can control. I don't know what's going to happen next week, but I can deal with what's in front of me today in this in this moment. And that's both how I think, but also the work. The work that I do, um, so you, you just have to focus on things that are that are within your control, which again is always good advice. And I think also for leaders, the language that you use is really really critical. You know, I live in Oklahoma City, like many places. A couple of days ago, they they declared a state of emergency. Well, that sounds terrifying. Oh my gosh, we're all gonna die. no. It just means we get federal funding. <laughs> like that same thing happens when tornadoes come through Oklahoma City and it devastates a town. They declare a state of emergency so they can get federal funding, and so. Like that's not the government's fault. That's just 
but language matters. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're, you're trying to stir up focus. You're trying, trying to create calm, uh, but you can do the opposite and create panic and fear and scurry. We, we, we talk a lot about this idea of hustle versus scurry. So if you think of a basketball team, final seconds of a game, it's really close. If they know the play, they know what to do. They're hustling. They're moving quickly. They're making quick decisions, but they're organized. They're hustling. If they, if they're not prepared, it's scurry. They're just running around. Nobody knows where to go, and they end up blowing the shot, blowing the play. And so as leaders, you want to create hustle and not scurry. Scurry creates chaos, and it makes people panic even more. I think you also hit on something uh, that's, that's really important. And, I, and I, you know, I, there's, there's space to like back away and have a panic moment. I think those are okay. Um, we can't live in that space. I heard a great phrase that um, you have emotions, but you are not your emotions. And so I think it's important, like, don't hear anything we're saying is glossing over the way you feel. That's not the point with any of this stuff. But I think there's a, also a massive moment, uh, opportunity to actually get better in the midst of this. And I don't mean that to sound cheesy or Pollyanna or whatever, um, but, but your mindset matters. Like you were saying, it's a great time to go for a walk and take care of your health. Um, we have, for, for better or worse, now we have, everyone's complained, um, I'm always overworked. I never have time. Now we have time. Because you're not going to be productive eight to five from home. If you're working remotely now, you weren't productive eight to five in the office. Um, so you're going to have more time to hang out with your family, to do whatever, but use that for your health. Um, use that to you know, get a course on masterclass like, and to start to invest in yourself. I mean, our, our platform was, was designed for this world. Uh, and so it's, we, can, we can shrink back in fear uh, or we can realize like there's actually opportunity in this to get better, to grow, to learn. Uh, it looks maybe a lot different than it did a week ago or a month ago, and that's okay. But there's still opportunities to, to control what you can control, and that includes your own growth um, and how you can get better in the midst of this. Yeah, I, I love that premise. And we've talked about it a couple of times with job changes I've had and time off that we've had. You know, I've gone through a couple unexpected job changes where you know, you, you're on, you have time that's, that uh, is either spent looking for a new job or, um, you know, in between accepting a new job and starting. And I always like to say, you can, you can either come out of that, you know, the same, or you can come out a little bit better. And if you can come out of it better, that's, that's the way to go. Right. So if, if there are differently things you can do, um, the worst thing in, in a situation like this is to, is to crawl into your, uh, into your smartphone and obsess over every update on Twitter and every, press conference and every uh, analysis and every blog post. Um, and it's, it's not great to just sit in front of the couch and binge through 20 seasons of a, of a show either. I mean, again, don't, don't get me wrong. And I think there's a difference between the idea that, um, you know, you see, I've seen a lot of this on, on social, either one person saying, you know, this is uh, a time to take advantage because, uh, what's the example that, uh, Shakespeare wrote King Lear during uh, the plague, and uh, uh, there's another amazing scientific accomplishment. It's, it's uh, eluding me at the moment, but you know. And then there's people saying, "Hey, don't don't give me that. Nobody's doing that now. We're gonna, you know, we're trying to just survive." But you know, the the, the tough answer is that you can come out of this better. You know, is it gonna be easy? No. Is everybody gonna do it? No. That's because it's not easy, right? Like, you could either sit around and 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 worry and, and stress. And believe me, we're all stressed. I, I shared this on social media, but there's a very close member of my family who has been diagnosed with this illness and has been in a hospital for about 10 days uh, in a coma for about uh, a week. And, you know, it still hasn't come out of it. 
So I, I get the the real life aspect of this, that this is incredibly scary. Um, it's incredibly nerve wracking. Um, it can strike anybody. Um, and again, there's other factors beyond just the health as far as what the economy is going to look like, what your job's going to look like. So again, don't, it's not an either or. It's not like you can be either scared or not scared. You're going to, you know, this is going to be a scary time, but can you look at it honestly and say, there's not a, an opportunity here to get better by learning a skill, um, by developing something, by getting a workout in every day at, at the house because you don't have to commute. The challenge there is to find some, some things to do better and to use this time as a live time and not just sitting in front of the TV being scared time. Again, everybody's cycle is going to be a little bit different as far as when they're ready to make that decision. But I think the thing you have to do is just realize, you know, okay, what's the situation? Where am I at? What am I doing about it? Am I being smart? Am I listening to the, the proper authorities on what I'm supposed to do to stay healthy, to stay to keep my community healthy? Uh, and then, okay, that's where it is. This is what I can control. I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to endanger other people. What do I have time to do here besides, you know, sit on the couch and watch Netflix? Um, and again, it's just a challenge. It's, it's calling uh, to people. I, I fully believe every time something like this happens, there's an opportunity. There'll be business opportunities that come out of this. There'll be hardships that come out of it for sure. But, you know, there's always something that can be accomplished when there's an obstacle like this and there's a, there's a challenge. So I think that's up to everybody to to find out what that means for them, uh, but then really to embrace it. Again, you don't need to tell everybody about it. You don't need to to be that guy on social saying, you know, I just learned Italian in my in my spare time because I, you know, such an overachiever and everybody else is a loser for sitting and watching the news. But you know, there's there's things, there's classes, there's YouTube videos, there's uh, like you said, there's Udemy's, there's master classes. We we're all in this, so you know, I, I would challenge people to try to try to come out of it better than they they went into it. Well, and I think it's it's. Hey, I think you said that perfectly. Everyone's going to do it in their own time, right? Like how you respond, your, your period of, of grieving or stress or whatever of, of what was maybe shorter or longer than mine. And so that's okay. Uh, not everyone's going to handle it the same, but it, it goes back to a phrase we use all the time, right? Know yourself to lead yourself. How do you operate under stress? Well, I'm not saying don't watch Netflix. I'm going to watch Netflix. I'm going to watch movies. Like that's absurd to, to say, don't do that. Uh, but if you start binge watching, like play that out. And we talk about this all the time. Whatever your habits are, play that out. If so, if you if you just start binge watching Netflix, what does life look like in three days, in five days, in two weeks? Like what what if how who knows how long this lasts? There's only so much Netflix binging you can do. How does that help you? How does that help your family? How does that help your team? Uh, it doesn't. We all need entertainment. We all need to kind of get away for a bit, uh, and that's that's normal. Uh, but there are also better options. And so it's, it's to realize if I'm going to be intentional throughout this, what does that look like? And again, that doesn't mean you have to go learn some crazy new skill or start a business or start a podcast or a book, but maybe it does. But you know, what, what is that? You got to figure out what, what does that look like for you? How do you show up on purpose in the midst of this? Because that's the opportunity. And, and you, you know, it, within adversity, there's always opportunity. Twitter came out uh, because they were called Odeo, I believe is what it was called. And they were a podcasting company. Well, then Apple Podcasting came out and they're like, well, we're done. <laughs> and so they kind of panicked. Adversity hit and they they were basically done. And they kind of had a little hackathon and Twitter came out. I was like, there, there are always opportunities in the midst of this. Doesn't have to be on that grand of a scale. Now, but there, there are opportunities if we look for it. And so I think that's the big thing. If, if we can turn off the news, I'm not saying ignore medical professionals and what they're telling us to do. But if we can turn off the news a little bit, renew some perspective, renew our mindset, we can actually see a better way forward. 
where we can grow in the midst of all this. So I think that that's really important. Like I said, businesses will come out of this, all sorts of stuff. I mean, for us, I'll, I'll just share a story of how our team pivoted in the last week. And so we're sitting around, you know, our, our business, we, we do, you know, I speak, I used to speak, don't speak anymore because everything's canceled. Um, but I do speaking, I do consulting, and then we have an online platform to develop teams and leaders, um, which is actually perfect. If you want that free for 30 days, not trying to be salesy, but when you get tired of Netflix, go to giant.tv slash culture wins as 30 days free, learn about your personality, how you operate under, under stress. Um, but we sat around and realized as a team, like the world's changing. How can we serve teams and leaders in the midst of this without being gross? Because you see people trying to like capitalize off of this stuff. Um, and it just feels, feels gross. Now business still has to go on. Like people got, got to do sales and they got to operate their business. But we realized like remote work is becoming a huge conversation. And for most people, it's not normal. Um, and they didn't have a choice. Like most companies, if they're going to go remote, it's, Hey, our plan is to go remote by the end of the year. And then you've got nine months to make that transition. Well, they didn't have nine months. They had nine hours and it's, Hey, we're going remote tomorrow. And people just weren't prepared for that. And it's not just getting work done remotely. It's well, now, how do I lead a team remotely? How do I communicate? And yeah, we have Zoom, but how do you how do you actually run a meeting via Zoom? How do you hold people accountable? What does support challenge look like? All these things, because that stuff still still matters. Like leadership still matters, culture still matters. And so last Tuesday, we realized like, wait, we've been a remote team forever. Um, so culture wins and giant. We've got people here in Oklahoma City, in London, in Naples, and Atlanta, and Albuquerque, in um, Kentucky. And we've got people, and then we've got people certified coaches and consultants around the globe in 20 countries. And so remote is how we operate on a daily basis. And so we're like, wait, this is what we do. And so we just put together a resource for people to, to take the stress off of them, say, how do I figure out remote? Well, here's how, because you'll see all the blog posts. Here are the five tools to use for remote work. Well, tools are part of it, but it's also a methodology and, and philosophy of how you actually operate and lead in the midst of this. So if you go, and we'll put this in the show notes, but giant.tv slash remote slash culture wins free resources to help you to show you the tools that we use some of them will be relevant some won't uh, but more so it's about the way that you lead and, and um, operate on a remote level because it's just not normal for people but that went from idea on tuesday to live on sunday evening that that resource it required filming a number of videos but it's it's teams i think have a really unique opportunity to actually innovate in this time and maybe businesses pivot, right? Where it's like, this is not the business we, th we did. Remote wasn't in our, in our mindset, but it is now. Um, and so teams and, and businesses will have an opportunity to, to pivot, to operate in a better way. Yeah. I mean, that's what the best do, right? They're, they're prepared so that when things change, they can adapt with it and, and change course. And that they have the credibility, uh, you know, internally and externally to, to make those tough calls and to, uh, and to make those changes. Uh, you know, one other thing I would add uh, that I go going through all this that I would say is is one of my favorite phrases is always um, at times like this, it's important to remember there's always been times like this. And, you know, I, I'm a history major. I, I read a lot, as everybody knows, listens to this. And, you know, we are going through in, th in theory uh, uh, unprecedented times because it's something for us. But there's always been things like this that have happened, you know. And again, we will get through it. We're not you know, nothing. I think is special about this in, in a lot of ways. This is what our challenge is, you know, the people in this, this decade, you know, and, and, and people of our generation, this is one of our big moments to, uh, to determine how we're going to 
continue forward. You know, that sounds pretty dramatic, but, but it really is. But it's also important to remember that, you know, things like this have happened before. Um, things like this will happen again. Um, and hopefully, you know, you take some lessons out of it and, you know, you realize that, okay, the next crisis like this might not be another global pandemic. Maybe it will, but you know, the next one might not be this. But what do you learn from this? What do you take away from this? How do you make your organization more prepared for success or even, you know, use the term, you know, the anti-fragile organizations that actually strive and actually get stronger out of things like this? That's obviously the goal. That's definitely what you want to try to strive for is how to build an organization that not only can can weather times like this, can, but can, can expand. And, you know, I, I think it's really interesting. You know, we've talked via text a lot this week about what you're doing and, and the organizational changes and those things you've been able to put out really quick. That's, that's, that's really a testament to the leadership in your organization to be able to, to make those changes and get them done and be thinking about that. And I agree, you know, you don't, you haven't come across as being gross in a salesy way and in a profiteering way and things like that. But you know what, there's, there's changes that need to be made and there's things that, that are opportunities. And, you know, I think that's a testament to the good organizations are going to take something out of this and they're going to be better off when it's, when it is over, whenever that is. Absolutely. I mean, again, leadership still matters. Culture still matters. The things that we've talked about on this podcast for, for a number of years, like those things still matter. And maybe even more so in these times, it's a difficult season. It's a stressful season. Uh, it's okay. Like you don't have to have all the answers. Don't feel uh, there's already a burden on you. Don't, don't add to that burden by putting unrealistic expectations on yourself. Uh, we want to continue to be a resource for you guys. We'll try to get some interviews with, with ADs and commissioners and um, people in the space who are leading through this to give you more resources and insight, but, but keep tuning in, keep sh- shooting us your questions as we try to serve you guys in the midst of this. Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a wild time. It's something that, that we haven't been through before, but uh, again, hopefully we can help out in a small way. Again, appreciate you guys listening. It's really, uh, it's really an honor to, uh, to share some of this time with, with everybody through a time like this. And I hope you took some things out of this. So for Kevin DeShazo, I'm Mark Hodgkin. Thanks for listening to episode 34 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. Uh, we'll be back to talk soon and everybody stay safe and stay healthy out there.